0: Locked On Texans,
1: your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I am your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, alone my partner in crime.
1: Some engaged guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John Some Sports Guy Hickman. I've locked on Texans. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or overbearing sports parents, fewer than one percent of one percent of one percent of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league: the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi has me here to get us ready for game day. No matter how we watch whether it's with your beloved Texans, who I'm sure, are pissing you off at this time. Me with the Patriots, who have been eliminated from the playoffs. Cody with the Saints. All disappointing weekends. It does not matter. Pepsi is here to get us ready for game day and power through. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Monday's recap show. We are back with another Monday's edition of the recap. And what do we have on the table for today? Well, of course, if you watch the 27-20 loss suffered by the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday, yesterday, then you know that the trend of fumbling to close out games that are very winnable for Houston uh, has been very relevant in the last two meetings with the Indianapolis Colts. Yesterday's Kiki QT fumble. So we're going to talk about that. Also why the offensive line may be the most imperative group position group on this team that needs to be fixed going into next year. And lastly, we will end off the show with discussing how the Texans' slow start has affected their season thus far and attributing to all 10 losses. Before we dive into those topics, of course, if you missed yesterday's twenty twenty-seven loss to the Indianapolis coach, Deshaun Watson had a phenomenal day only missing out on eight passes as he completed 33 or 41 for 373 yards and two touchdowns, also adding 25 rushing yards as well. David Johnson had his best day as a Texan yesterday on Sunday, catching 11 passes for 106 yards and catching all of his 11 targets. Defensively, however, the Houston Texans allowed Phillip Rivers to go 22 for 28 from the field passing for 228 yards, two touchdowns. John Taylor ran for 83 yards, one touchdown on 16 carries. And the coach ran for 127 yards total. DeForest Buckner led this defense with three sacks as the coach totaled five sacks on yesterday, causing a lot of problems for Deshaun Watson, which is also why we will mention how the offensive line has been horrendous. The coach did sack Deshaun Watson five times, coming from DeForest Buckner. With another game came another milestone for Deshaun Watson. He becomes the seventh quarterback in NFL history with 4,000 passing yards, 25-plus pass TDs in two of their first four seasons. And with that good, also some bad, while Deshaun Watson has been sacked now 26 times in his career versus the Colts, which is the most by any opponent. Cody and listeners, we saw the fumble by Nick Martin with the bad snap that caused the fumble by Nick Martin that eventually was something about Deshaun Watson. And you would think that lightning would not strike twice, but on Sunday, as Houston is marching down the field, Deshaun is preparing for another comeback. Kiki QT, a, a guy who's been playing very well with his uh, increased role, caught the pass, made a move, tried to fight for extra yardage, and really and truly tried to fight for the touchdown. However... Fumbled into the end zone of the Indianapolis Colts. Recovered 27-20. Once again, a letdown, a bummer, losing to Indy in, in so many different ways. No protection for Deshaun Watson. You can look at the defense and allowing Phillip Rivers to kind of carve them up. But overall, the fumble, again, Cody, loss of words.
0: But I actually have some words to describe the Kiki QT fumble. (laughs) Once again, it's another cherry on top of the Texans 2020 season. Basically, everything that can go wrong for this team has went wrong. And here we are yet again. And, John, listeners, what I hate most about this loss, this is the second time in three weeks that we thought that the Texans were going to have a mighty comeback, get a victory. Yeah, winning this game wasn't going to do that much for this team, but at this point, all they could do right now is just play spoilers. And I really thought the Texans were going to play spoilers in some kind of way, because if Houston came away victorious with this game, not only would they add it to another victory onto a miserable season, but most importantly... (laughs) Tennessee would have loved us because that would have gave them more cushion in the AFC South League, however, we know what happened in the fourth quarter. A lot of people are talking about Kiki Qt I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about Bill O'Brien was right. he should stay in a doghouse and all this other stuff. listeners John, let me just say this, and I'm not gonna spend I'm not gonna spend too much time on this topic because once again, if we just change out the name and change out the score we'll be saying the exact, the exact same thing. Kiki QT does not have anything to be ashamed of. I get it. Not only was it a fumble, but it was a costly fumble that literally cost the Texans the game. But what I would say is this. If it wasn't for Kiki QT, the Texans would not be in this position. Because if you think about it, it was QT's touchdown to give the Texans new life in this game. It was QT's touchdown that brought the score to 20 to 20. As we all know, the defense let Indianapolis score a touchdown to make it 27 to 20. But if it wasn't for him, the Texans would not be in a position to win this game. But on the flip side of things, John, I am interested to see what's going to happen from here on out. I know we only have two games left, and I know that the wide receiver core is still depleted. But I'm interested to see how Romeo Connell and the Texans are going to use QT for the rest of the season. Because if you go back and think about his mistakes in the past, every single time it seemed like QT was starting to catch his rhythm, starting to get confidence, he'll make a mistake. Nine times out of 10, he'll fumble the football. And next thing you know, we don't see him for the next seven to eight weeks. Why? Because he's back in the doghouse. So not only am I going to look at how the Texans are going to use him moving forward, but I'm, I also want to see how is he going to bounce back from this mistake. It doesn't matter if it was Bill O'Brien. It doesn't matter if it's Deshaun Watson. It doesn't matter if it's Romeo Canale. And it doesn't matter if it's Tim Kelly. Every time, whether it's myself or any other Texan reporter, talk about either the success or the struggles of QT, They always mention one word, and that word is confidence. Either they say he needs to build his confidence when he's struggling, or they would say his confidence is at an all-time high when he is succeeding out there on the field. And that one mistake should not erase the success that QT has had over the past three weeks. This man has recorded 16 catches for 218 yards and two touchdowns.
1: Well, here's the thing about it. You know, to kind of support where you're going with it, we all make mistakes, right? In the Houston Texans, look, Whitney Marsh was recording his first tackle in, what, two games? He's still getting playing time, right? Uh, we can also look at how long Zach Fulton has been playing. He's been playing bad. So it's unfair for QT to, to go back to where we call the doghouse when everybody on this team is underperforming and when everybody was either getting suspended Uh, When you look at Will Fuller, Kenny Steele's getting released, Randall Cobb not playing. Who has been the guy to give Deshaun some type of security blanket? It's been QT. So the only way he can bounce back is to play the next two games, right? I mean, you can't snatch him. You can't afford to snatch him. But overall, he deserves it. He He deserves a chance to say, you know what? I need to, to play the next week after I have a bad game because you guys have done it for everybody else. Give me that same courtesy. Also Titus Howard suffered a concussion today and he had a bad game, but not only did he have a bad game, the entire offensive line had a bad game. So what we're going to do now is evaluate whether or not the next GM, along with the head coach, really understands uh, what they have here in Houston and offensive line and how that growth and progress needs to start happening. As soon as they touch down, because it is bad. It is bad. And everything we thought we saw at the beginning of the year, that was all good. And also to let you guys know, this episode is brought to you also by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 of -of one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, ten design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at bluenow.com. And when they're gone, they are gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with ten, ten is beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of ten modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans and looking for a meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at bluenow.com.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis-Johnson, sports guy Hickman. David Johnson had a really good performance on yesterday. In fact, I believe that that might have been his best performance of the season ever since he became a member of the Houston Texans. However, there is another part of the offense I want to focus on today. So tomorrow we're going to break down David Johnson's performance and also talk about what can the Houston Texans do moving forward to elevate the talent in the backfield. Because David Johnson had a phenomenal game as a pass catcher. He led the team with 106 yards on 11 catches, but rushing the ball, the man only had 27 yards on the ground on eight carries. So we're going to get into David Johnson on tomorrow's show. But of course, we got to talk about this offense, and there's not much to be said about Deshaun Watson. The man is, is an MVP-caliber player. Of course, he's not getting a recognition because your team is 4-10 and 10. We know there's not too much you can take away from the receiving core because they are playing with basically third string players. And shout out to Chad Hansen, who has signed his contract to become a part of the Texans 53 man roster for the rest of the season. Shout out to him. He had another solid game on yesterday. We just finished talking about Kiki QT, but this offensive line, John. I just don't know what to say. its It truly has been a roller coaster of a season with this old line. At the start of the season, it was a little bit shaky because that was the Titus Howard situation that we was looking at. He was still trying to get his legs after missing half of his rookie season. Then midway through the season, he's playing like a pro bowler. We all know what Laramie Tunsell could do. The interior line, it, it wasn't good, but it was better than what they have, have showcased over the last three to four weeks. And you can say that was possibly some of the best production that we've seen from this O-line all season long. But my God, the last three to four games, what in the hell has happened? Everybody, even Laramie Tunsil, has looked bad in some way, shape, or form. And John, I'm sitting there watching the game on yesterday. And in the first half alone, (laughs) Deshaun Watson got sacked for... Times he in the game with five, and over the last three weeks, Deshaun Watson has been sacked a total of 16 times. I understand there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball, but every single week I come on this show and I say, What is the most important piece? Who is the most important person? In this organization? And of course that answer is Deshaun Watson. That means you have to protect your most valuable player, your most valuable person in this organization. And how can you do that when a man is getting sacked 16 times in the span of three weeks That is way too much, especially when you take into consideration that this is a guy who has already sustained not one, but two ACL tears. Out of those 16 times that he's been sacked, I think you could blame Deshaun Watson for at least three, (laughs) and let's just say one each game. So with that being said, should the next general manager get with the head coach and whatever little money that they have going into free agency, you use a bulk load of that money to fix your offensive line. Now we all know Laramie Tunsil isn't going nowhere. And I think Titus Howard has done enough to of course, reclaim his position heading into 2021. But Zach Fulton, Nick Martin, and anybody else who makes up that that interior, they need to go. I'm under the impression that you do whatever you need to do to fix up that offensive line. I understand you really need to fix up the secondary, but at the end of the day, there is still a handful of guys, especially Garyon Conley, Bradley Roby, and now Justin Reed, who are out. The secondary is going to be a little bit better in 2021. But that old line, they, they cannot use the same offensive line core heading into next season.
1: I hate to be the dead horse, but Mike Devlin has to go. I've never seen the offensive lineman uh, grow under his tenure. Have not seen it. Um, in the third quarter, I believe it was, I mean, the first quarter with three minutes and 30 seconds left, uh, Zach Foden allowed a sack that was just, it was typical to what we've been seeing out of Zach Foden week in and week out, just not com- completely there at times and not good. And so to answer your question, yes, they should allow everybody in the organization should do two things, evaluate. Who's on the market for an offensive line coach? And when you when you go through that evaluation process, uh, definitely scout free agents and rookies. But you have to get this interior uh, together. I believe Larry Wolford is still free uh, as a free agent. He did not sign with anybody this year. He also he had struggled the last time we played him, but I'm I'm sure that his input would be better than what the, the output we're seeing from Zach Fulton. And with Laramie Tunsil struggles, he've ha- he's had three different left guards play next to him this year, right? And so with the instability of who you're supposed to have next to you to protect you, teams are able to exploit that. You have a second-year left guard, Max Sharper, who didn't get in offseason. and and got injured early on and and hadn't been the same since his injury and COVID, contracting COVID-19. And then you throw in two other left guards who, honestly, they're not good as well, at least at their job that they're being asked to do. The expectation for this offensive line is low. And that's sad considering the overhaul that you sent to Miami to boost your offensive line when you acquired a Laramie Tunsil. And so, When you have a rotating door and left guard, you have an aged out Zach Fold who's playing at the wrong position. Your offensive line is gonna reflect how bad it really is. And and you're absolutely right. The core, head coach, new head coach, new general manager, uh, the owner, I believe that this is something that Cal McNair needs to be a part of as well. Uh, They gotta do their full research and scouting to see who's best out there on the market to bring in as a coach, to replace Mike Devlin, and to play alongside Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard. I'll tell you what, though, listeners, I think everybody is ready for some football, right? That's why you're here. That's why you checked out the Locked On Texas Recap Monday. That's why you listen to Locked On Podcast Network. College football heads into bowl season, and there's big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear each day. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. And use that promo code on for 50% welcome bonus. So what do I mean you can get this bonus? Well, for instance, Houston takes on the Bengals next Sunday and maybe with everything they've put you through, the heartache, the pain, the Bill O'Brien era, the Texans could possibly win you some money with betonline.ag don't sit on the sidelines anymore get into the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline your online sports book expert visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business sign up for a free account Use promo code locked on for your signed up bonus. Hashtag bet online. Welcome back in listeners, and thank you guys for sticking around for the recap Monday show. I tell you what, Deshaun Watson throughout the entire year has had moments where it makes you just kind of, as a fan of the game and as a fan of greatness, sometimes I think to myself. I really wish he didn't sign that contract yet. Um, Let me tell you why. I say that because do we believe that greatness should be wasted? No, nobody believes that. Nobody believes that you should not have the opportunity if you're one of those great athletes to showcase your greatness at the highest level, right? So we can look at If we want to go to the NBA, we can look at the careers of Allen Iverson has played on teams that was under him. His teammates were always under him. But Allen Iverson was so great, we at least had the opportunity to see him on the big stage in the finals. And he also won a game, gave us an iconic step over as well. But with Deshaun Watson and what we're seeing, it feels like he won't have that moment. The AFC South is getting better as a whole, because even when Indy wants to move forward from Phillip Rivers, their team is so built, all you have to do is find a quarterback that's capable and competent enough to lead you to some victories. The Tennessee Titans are a very good team, right? And I can't wait to talk to Wig about this sometime in the offseason. It looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars now have a real shot at getting Trevor Lawrence. So Houston is just sitting there with this great talent and can't really uh, move forward because they're in limbo. Bad contracts everywhere, not enough money, uh, overpaid players, your your franchise in the front office organization is in disarray. Where do you go from him? But, man, Deshaun Watson is so phenomenal. I do want to speak on the slow starts Houston has had. They've had some very good second halves in the last couple of games, excluding, of course, what we saw. In Chicago, they had a terrible first half. But listeners, these slow starts have really hindered what Houston has would been, have been able to do. Because what I've noticed is they're having more success in the second half when they have to play catch up. When it seems like all along, if you would have attacked the way you wanted to attack later on, if you would have did that in the first. Then you wouldn't be in a position where you have to play catch up.
0: Yeah, this game is another example of what has been, what has gone unnoticed about the Texans in twenty twenty. Because there's, there has been so much going on with this team from suspensions, from you know bad management to you know everything that's going on on the sideline. But if this team could find a way to come out strong on both sides of the ball, at least four of these games would have would have went in the Texans' way, and You take a look at what happened on yesterday. Houston came out very, very slow. Their first three possessions went just like this: punt, fumble, punt. What did the Indianapolis Colts do in that time? Touchdown, touchdown, punt. So before we even get midway to the second quarter, the Texans are already in a 14-0 hole. But this isn't a problem that took place on yesterday. When you look at it in its totality, on offense, In 14 opening drives, the Texans have only scored one touchdown, and that came in the Week 8 victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Other than that, it's always been a punt, a turnover, and they have had seven three-and-outs. On the defensive side of the ball, they have given up (laughs) seven touchdowns on an opening drive, two field goals, and only two three-and-outs. And, of course, as we know, no turnover. So even when you look at other games outside of what took place on yesterday, the other game against Indianapolis, the game against the Cleveland Browns, and even the game that they lost against the Green Bay Packers, if the Texans would have just came out a little bit better on both sides of the ball, you may be looking at a victory for those additional three games.
1: But we finally saw some young cats get into the game. Kaheli Warren caught his first reception on Sunday. It was good to finally see him, and he looked good. Catching the ball out there. So younger guys getting some more playing time is a trend I would love to see. Can't wait to discuss that as well. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. All of the major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify is where we're located. You can go there, subscribe, check us out Monday through Friday your team every day, Locked On Podcast Network.
0: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.